you wait till something's perfect till you do it, the perfect system, the perfect employee, the perfect mailer, the perfect anything, it's nothing's going to happen. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Now let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. It's a beautiful day. Hey, 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 don't let it get away. Hey, hey, what's going on, my fellow Flip Hackers? Hope you guys are all doing amazing. So my wife is just in here, and um, yeah, it's been it's been one of those kind of an interesting day for her. She was processing some things this this morning, and, and these are things that you know she's been kind of dealing with subconsciously or consciously or whatever you want for a while, and so she's kind of processing those things, and um, like good things are coming from it. And as I'm recording this, it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, but she just came in here and was was just joking about how it's been a a brutal day, and I'm like, no, it's been it's it's a beautiful day because these are things that you had to um, deal with and you had to you know work through, and so now you're able to process them, and it's going to be end up end up being a really good thing, right? These are all things we all we all deal with these things, right? We're, I do, my wife, our family does, we all do. So um, she as she was leaving, she's like, it's a, oh, it's a brutal day. So we were kind of joking about that. It reminded me of uh, earlier this week. That was on Monday, actually. I in the morning, I was just like, oh, I was like stressed about something. I was trying to deal with something, figuring something out, waiting for something to happen, or seeing if it's going to happen, and um, just not getting the the feedback I wanted. But then that thing, like, cause it's because I addressed this thing that had to be addressed, but I didn't want to address it. And but then I addressed it. And it was like, oh, I was anxious for a while. But then because I addressed that, because I, I faced the thing or whatever, um, later on, it ended up turning into a really good thing. I got the feedback I needed. Got. things worked out right um so anyway that's not really the point of this podcast i have a totally different direction i'm going but um remember that next time you're having a hard day um it's all about perspective right you guys have heard me talk a lot about perspective recently and don't think look at it as a hard day look at it as a a brutal day it's it's okay (laughs) you know are are we i'm all about perspective i'm also about recognizing like today sucks today's a hard day i'm having a hard time and and being okay with that not like hiding that if you stuff that stuff then that's not good either, and it's going to come boiling up at different times for different reasons. So I think the good combination is is a, a brutal day, right? Having the right perspective, recognizing this is hard, this sucks. I do not like what I'm dealing with right now, but you know what? At the end of the day, I'm going to t- hit it head on. I'm going to do what I got to do. This part's going to be hard to get through, but eventually it's going to end up being a beautiful thing, and that is how you get a brutal day. <laughs> so um, on to so t- for today's episode, last week... I mentioned to you guys, you know, I just recently got back from the six-figure flipping intensive uh, mastermind event that we had in Farmington, Utah. And, you know, if you guys guys know the background about six-figure flipping, it's a program that I started just over 90 days ago at Flip Hacking Live, middle of the night, got inspired to, we needed this program, launched it. Uh, We put 20 people signed up from, from the event. And then since then, we've had another six or seven sign up. And then we recently uh, reopened it again because it was just incredible. It was amazing. And we we got a bunch of other people who are going to be going through round two. So the the Utah event was the um, the, the cap of, of this 90-day event. And people got together for three days. It was incredible. Andy uh, brought his whole team through. He broke down his entire business, went to his office. Like people, It, it was incredible. We had dinner, lunch together with everyone. And just an amazing, amazing event. So what I told you guys last time is that maybe I'd give you a summary this week of what that event was all about. And so as I was thinking through that and trying to decide, okay, what should I share and thinking about the event, 
uh, I started listening to it just to kind of get back in the flow and, and recall, some, bring some of the things to my recollection. And I started listening to just the, the intro, the first hour. Um, and I was like, this is really like, this is really good stuff. So I thought, okay, I don't, I don't think there's anything here that's like too proprietary. I don't think, I think Annie would be okay with me sharing this. Um, I think it's, it's, it's all good, but it's still really valuable. So what I decided to do is we're going to break this down into three different episodes, like around 20 minutes each. And I'm just going to let you listen to the beginning of, of that event. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of good, great takeaways from it. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoy that. I hope you get a lot out of it. Um, Andy's a stud. I mean, the, the making of a 250 deal last year business and a business that's now on track to do 4 million in 2017, like in, in today's market, you know, someone who is getting around 25 deals a month. I'm just hearing people like that, right? It just gives you perspective. It helps you realize like, if, if he can do it, I can do it. like, if someone else can do this to that level, I can do it at least to like one tenth of that. Right. Um, you know, Andy during the event, something he said, he, I love the way he said it too. Uh, he said, I forget the guy that he was quoting, but he, he was quoting this guy that, that he listened to before that gets up and he's like, what one man can do, another man can do. It's, it's on a movie or something. Anyway, you guys, some of you probably know the reference, but um, anyway, it's so true. So you guys can do this. I hope this uh, episode and the next couple episodes, just listening to, to Andy and kind of him giving you kind of that, that introduction to this event that we put on and kind of being a fly on the wall and hearing some of the things that, that he's accomplished really helps inspire you to take action and, and change things and, and make things happen or improve things, whatever it is. We're all just changing, right? But really um, take, take things to that next level, things that will really transform your business and your life in 2017. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one and only Andy McFarland. I, I think I introduced him, but I give you me, then I give you Andy McFarland. Oh, and I got a, a cool announcement at the end, so so listen to the end too. Okay, all right, here here it goes for real. Literally, was it yesterday? The day before yesterday, we're talking, and then he's like, "Anyone there for me? Going to be in there for me talking?" You know, like I'm like, I don't know, maybe one guy. He's like, "Okay, I'm like Andy." Just so he is a hundred percent more than he ever has, like going to let loose, like more than I've seen, more than anything, more than you guys have ever seen, and, and it's gonna be incredible. So. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, the one and only Annie McFarland. Yeah, where's the music? Thank you, Justin, yeah. for that roaring introduction. Um, so what he said about letting loose. I always want to give everything to everybody, right? But I also need to know how much I can share. And, and, and it's not so much for me that I don't want to give it. It's just to be fair to my team members, the people that you guys are all going to meet this weekend. I want to be fair to them. So if I did something that was unfair to them, then then that's not cool, right? So, but there, there's some stuff. Well, I'll tell you guys what it is, like, so you can get your, anticip- your anticipation going with it. And what, something you guys should care about. I told somebody this the other night. Any guru that's doing this business, this is the, people are like, what, somebody asked me this once, what questions should I be asking that person? And here's the question I would love to ask every person that's actually doing this business, every big guru <coughs> you've seen that's actually doing the business, I would love to ask them this question, right? I would love to dig in and say, show me your data. Like, the money you've spent, what is the, like we all talk about KPIs and all stuff, like show me your data. Don't talk about show me your data. So I went through, I spent about six hours a few weeks ago crunching through the data for me and for my team so that I could, as I look back on 2016, what happened, because of those 200 whatever deals we did, like 
that happened, but how am I gonna project that forward into next year? So for me and my team, I dug through all of that data so that I can pull out the meaningful stuff so that I can prepare for 2017. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I've done that. I didn't even share all that data with my team because they don't, it's on a need-to-know basis. They don't need to know. But I have a spreadsheet of that stuff, and I will, I will share with you. I'm not going to let you guys leave with it, but I will share it with you guys. And that's the data. So I'm telling you guys, you should be paying attention to that. Like, Andy spent over $700,000 on marketing, and we get the benefit of like, what did that exactly look like and your takeaways from that. Like, that's something you should be looking at, right? So this is my, uh, my way of saying... Big picture. I want to keep a big picture first. So I hope my hope that all you guys get this weekend is that overall that you see that it's possible for you. Justin says I'm humble. Maybe that's true, but seriously, guys, I try to convince everyone. Of you, a lot of you guys know me. Like I'm just a normal guy, and I live here. I live two minutes that way. My office is two minutes that way, and we're going to go there tomorrow. And you're going to meet my team. That that's where the magic happens. Like all these people, and you're going to need every single person that comes in here. They're normal too. But together, we're doing, like, we're doing good things. We're doing extraordinary things together. But that's the secret sauce. So I hope in coming here, we could have done this anywhere. We could have done this you know, tele, like, through the, the internet. But you guys can see this, touch it, feel it, and be like, this is just normal. This is the Chipotle Andy eats at like three times a week. <laughs> like it's across the parking lot. Maybe we can go there for lunch today. It'll be embarrassing because the manager is going to say, like, you're here again? You know? Like, yes, I'm here again, right? You can ask him. You guys ask me over there. Like, does this guy come here ever? Um, and then my office, go to the office, but it's not super impressive. I was telling guys last night, my office is not super impressive. Like this is kind of impressive to me. The office isn't impressive. But I hope that that impresses upon all of you guys that you don't have to be special. You don't have to like have extra special team members. People say like, well, how do I get the best team member in the world? It's not about the best. It's just about doing what you've got and improving, being better the next day and just constantly trying to improve it, right? So I hope that you guys get that from the weekend. We're normal. You see everybody. You hear about the process. You'll see the office. You'll be like, these guys aren't special. These guys aren't special. We can do this too, right? So I want to keep a big picture for a second. Ideas are a dime a dozen. My brother-in-law, are we recording this? We are. <laughs> Not my brother-in-law. Somebody that I know. <laughs> <laughs> and this happens. You guys probably know somebody like this. It's always talking about like, I got I to gotta find that invention. As soon as I find that widget, like, do you know the guy that invented this? Put a patent on it, he's made like a gazillion dollars doing that. <laughs> I gotta get my idea. Gotta get my idea. Ideas are like, they're a dime a dozen, right? Yes. What's the winner? Execution's the key. You can take an idea, but who's the person that's gonna run to market that idea? And then the business behind it, and all the stuff that we are gonna talk about this weekend, and like uh, the marketing stuff, and the cash flow problems you have, and personnel problems, and how you find people, all that stuff. So execution is key. So remember that all you guys' ideas are gonna share. Some of you guys might be like, yeah, I've heard this before. True, but execution is key in all these ideas, okay? Um, and done is the new perfect. And I know Mike and Mike spoke this a little bit earlier. Thank you guys all for, for being people that are taking action, doing this stuff, testing it out in your own laboratory. Because if you wait till something's perfect till you do it, the perfect system, the perfect employee, the perfect mailer, the perfect anything, it's, nothing's going to happen. So for us, I mean, this, we struggle just like you guys, but done is the new perfect. Just get it out there. Get it done. Sending any mailer is better than not having a mailer, Right. But then you test and refine your processes, and if you listen today to some of the things I said, you can take what I've learned and what I've spent money on and be better on your first time than I was on my, you know, before first time. Um, and the only thing constant is change. And we all know this in our life. Like, things will change. A lot of you guys know recently my little brother passed away. He was integral in our business, right? So we were not expecting that. Change happens. Things happen, and you have to ad- adapt to that, right? It was not in our business plan. But we just, we, we, we changed things up after that happened, right? So change will happen to you. Plan on it. Somebody, we call it getting punched in the face at the last event, right? But it's going to happen. Just plan on that. And you're going to need to tweak the machine all the time. 
our machine is not perfect. Our people are not perfect. I mean, I could tell you guys story after story. You guys don't want to hear that about stuff that's screwed up that's not working right. But 90% of stuff is working right. So 10% of the stuff in your business isn't working right. Don't focus on that. We get what we focus on in life. And, and I, was I was snow blowing this morning, my, my driveway. And I listened to a great podcast on gratitude. It was from pre-Thanksgiving. I've listened to it a few different times. But gratitude, right? Like, look what we have. All of us here, we're so blessed to be in this room. Regardless of where you think your business is at, we live in America, the world, land of opportunity. Like, most of us, you know, I mean, I know we all have our own problems, but, like, we're healthy. We're not looking for the next meal. Like, we have so much to be grateful for here. This is, that we can go out here and us, these are the people that we are going to create businesses and have people that we're going to bless their lives. Not only sellers, but we're going to bless the lives of people that are going to work with you guys. I mean, pay attention to that this weekend, the people that come here. I'm so grateful for those people and what they've done for me in my life. And I think they would probably say the same thing. It's reciprocal. It really is a, a synergistic relationship. So be grateful, right? Be grateful for the problems because they're always going to be there and you're always going to be tweaking the machine. So with that, I want to start going over the process, right? Give us like a big view of this. Uh, and all of these things, all of the team members, everybody's going to come and I'll show you a list of them in a little bit this morning of who's coming. So you guys can take note. If you have any specific questions about how things are done, I know sometimes, you know, the mics and, and Justin and I will get up here and we'll present about something. You might think we're glazed over a certain portion. Part of we're glazing over because we don't look stupid and we don't know because our team members are doing it, right? <laughs> if you have a specific question, you can ask us and I can give you a glazed over answer and I might say to you, hey, write that down because this person is coming and remember that, okay, great. So you can get in the weeds with these people. When we came and did this for seven-figure flipping, I didn't quite know how it was going to go. So I had people scheduled in like 30-minute blocks, and they were just stacked up on top of each other like a car wreck on the freeway, right? They're all sitting in the back of the room waiting, and it was not productive because, frankly, they should be out there working in the business, and they are right now. So I've stacked them all up in hour increments, right? So somebody's going to come in for an hour, pick them apart. We're going to focus on exactly what they do and exactly what – I mean, you can ask them whatever question you want, by the way. There's, it's not off limits. If they want to answer it, they can answer it, right? Ask whatever you want of them, and uh, – and they'll, they'll answer it, okay? And, but hour at a time, right? And we'll, we'll take, we're going to take breaks, right? We don't have the structured breaks, maybe, but we'll take breaks. Maybe, And when I see somebody doing the potty dance, we'll take a break. <laughs> but make sure you utilize these guys in their time because I'll, although I might be a, a broad expert of this stuff and I know a lot about a little, they know, they, they, they know so much about their lane that they're in. Like we kind of got that assembly line process and they know so much about the lane they're in because they, they live in that lane every day, Okay. So, process. Um, that's what I was going to say. Keep in mind, with all this stuff we're going to talk about, because I want to talk about like nuts to soup, the whole thing that all of us deal with in this business of flipping houses. But keep in mind that someone has to do every single step there. In my process, I might have 17 people doing these steps, and in your process, it might all be you. But someone has to do it. So either you're doing it all by yourself or somebody else is doing it. But every step here, somebody is doing it, like for better or worse, right? Um, so here's the steps. I'm going to go through them briefly, and then we're going to kind of talk about it a little more in depth. Marketing always happens, right? And if it's not happening, you don't really have a business because you can't you know, have no lead flow. Uh, lead intake. What are you doing with that marketing? How are you, how are you handling that intake? Um, processing that lead. How are you processing that lead? And we're going to go through each one of these one by one after this slide. Then there's a sales appointment. you got some follow-up. Then you're going to get a contract and do a couple of things with it. And then you're going to transact that, do transaction coordination to kind of get that, get that process done and get paid at that point, right? Yeah? Real quick, are we going to get these slides minus your financials? Uh, the financials aren't in the slide. They're on my laptop, but I will, I will pull it up kind of as needed. And yeah. The you, answer is yes. Yes, it'll be in yes. the video. 
Yeah. <laughs> the answer is always well, yes. Well, it'll be in the Justin. video. We can get it to him. If I say no, there. Justin says yes. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is always yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys can have that. <laughs> for them, so, the answer is yes. <laughs> we'll go a little bit one you by can, one. And I, I'm trying to give you guys a, a broad overview just so we all know. Start from the top down, and then you can. Then we're going to get into the nitty-gritty details with everybody, okay? So knowing what's working in your market, and I don't know when I should do the, uh, the KPI busted out thing. Maybe not, not right now. We'll do it in a second. But just, just knowing what's working in your market. So when I share with you guys later the spreadsheet I have that, that you know, talks about the spreadsheet is going to have this on it, guys. It's going to say, how many leads came from this specific lead channel? So I spent a pile of money. How many leads came from that? When I'm talking leads, it's not just a phone call, take me off your list. It's a lead of somebody that's like a warm body that has a house they want to sell, regardless of their motivation, right? How many leads came from that marketing dollars? So then I can say marketing dollars by leads, cost per lead in that specific channel, right? That's important to know, right? But that's not the most important thing to know, too, because that's a cost per lead. But what if those leads are all bunk leads? So how many of those leads turn into contracts? That's pretty important to know too, right? Because I can say, oh, the cheapest cost per lead is bandit signs, right? Well, cool, go put up a bunch of bandit signs. But what you don't know behind that data is how many of those leads are bunk leads that don't turn into a contract. So pay special attention when we pull up this spreadsheet of like, what's the cost per lead? That's important. How many leads does it take to get a contract? Now, when I'm sharing my data, there's some variables there that, that are true to me that might not be true to you. It's my salespeople that go there. And I've got six salespeople, so they don't all sell the same. But over the bulk of the data, which I pulled over 11 months of the year, is what you're going to see there. It's January through November, because December wasn't done yet at that time. But over that bulk of that data, the truth should rise to the top, right? So you'll see that. So you'll see cost per lead per channel. Note those channels. Leads per contract. Note those channels, right? These are the three KPIs I'm talking about. Cost per lead, leads per leads per contract, and then average contract, okay? So knowing that stuff, if you could peel back the curtain of every guru that's spending money, you guys will get the benefit of knowing when I spent over $700,000, like, what's been the most effective for me? And by the way, spoiler alert, what I did, when I took that numbers and I said, okay, these were the most effective channels because these were the best leads and these were the cheapest leads, and where those things intersect, guess what I'm going to do? Do more of that, right? Right? Among other things. So when I, when I gave my instruction to, um, so I took all that information and I, and I told my, my team earlier we, we do a meeting on Mondays. We did it on Tuesday this week just because of the holiday. Let everybody have that. But on Tuesday, I went there and I shared everybody in the team. Here's what we did in 2016. And by the way, we're going to have a big party because we said last year, this time, 2015, we said in 2016, we want to do $3 million gross, gross revenue, right? And I said, and if we do that, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do it? I said, if we can do that, I said, we're going to have a party. And the party that we're going to have, I said, if we can hit $2 million, we'll have a $20,000 party, meaning amongst our team members, we're going to divide up $20,000, games, prizes, whatever, right? Um, and I do that through weekly incentives, too, because they get tickets for doing the things they're supposed to do every week. They get a ticket that goes into a bowl, and that ticket will be worth something later in the year, whether it be worth $20,000 overall party for our team members. Or if we, hit, if we hit $3 million, I said we'll do a $40,000 party, right? We're going to have $40,000 <laughs> divide up. We're going to spend $40,000. <laughs> guys, I thought $3 million, like, I'm like, that's a stretch, right? It's a bit of a stretch. I mean, I believed in it. I was pulling the data and all this stuff. But um, I'm like, we're going to do a $40,000 party. Well... <clears throat> Our projected revenue was like 3086000 or something like that. So we hit it. So I told them on Tuesday, I said, we hit that. So we're having a party right here in this room. We rented out this room for a few weeks from today. We're going to have it catered and all this stuff. But we're going to have, we're going to have that party worth $40,000. I'm going to spend $40,000 on that event just for our team members because they earned that. They earned that, right? So part of that was, and I, maybe I can talk about it if you guys would care about that incentive program and how I did that to keep them all motivated throughout the year. That was pretty cool. But anyway, so we did that. 2016, we said we're going to hit that. 
So this year, I took all that data that we did, the stuff that I'm going to show you guys later, and I said, 2017, here's what we want to do. And I said, we want to do $4 million in the gross revenue. And they're all kind of like, oh, you know, how are we going to do that? And then I said, here's how we're going to do it. And I broke it down step by step. I said, the marketing, marketing here's what needs to happen, because I've looked at the data. Salespeople, here's what needs to happen. Lead managers, here's what needs to happen. Transaction coordination, dispositions. And I said, all of you guys, and I had a theme for the year. You guys ready for my theme? It's kind of corny, but, and this is being recorded, so why not just share it, right? But I said, I said, think like an underdog. I want everybody on our team to think like an underdog. We're not the top dogs. We're not the best wholesaler in dot, 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 fill in there. We're not that. Think like an underdog. We need to fight for everything. We need everything, right? And fight to control what we can control. Because everybody's like, oh, how are we going to get formula? It seems like a big thing, right? It's a big chunk. How do you eat the elephant? It's one bite at a time. So I said, everybody needs to do what they do in their channel. And you just need to do, here's, and I said, here's the keys to winning. If you do this marketing, if, you know, marketing department, here's what you need to hit. Lead managers, here's what you need to hit. Salespeople, here's what you need to focus on. And if you do all this stuff, we'll get it. And if we get it, we're going to have another big party, right? Andy, so, what did you guys do in 2015? 2.1. 2.1. Yeah. So, I mean, that's I mean, what I love about Andy. Like, there is this growth that I see. Most, like, educators, you see a, it's like, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> but Andy, it just keeps, it's amazing. And I can tell you guys, too, I mean, forget the slideshow. I wasn't even going to have a PowerPoint. I was just going to talk about stuff, right? And you guys care? I'm just all, all I'm just <laughs> perma-rant, Okay. Um, but I can tell you what, the success in 2016, what I attribute it to, 2015, when I was preparing those numbers and saying, hey, we're going to do $3 million, and everybody's like, are you kidding me? That's crazy. Um, I had some key rocks. You guys read Traction? Who's read Traction? Yeah, so some of the things are you know to go through and do this stuff systematically and point out your rocks and stuff. And one of our key rocks was I said, we need to answer. And you guys remember from San Diego, I was like on that soapbox, like answer your phone, and we'll keep talking about it a little bit today. But I was on that rant, and I knew that if we could answer live, that was going to be a huge part of our 2016. So we had a lead manager who you'll meet later today. And we actually hired two sub-lead managers underneath her. So lead manager answering phones. She was like inundated. So we had two people underneath her who she manages. And we answered the phone live, like, amazingly well in 2016, which led to more leads, which ended up leading to more contracts. So we had um, lead manager did their job right, which was great, right? So because she did that, like, our hypothesis was if we can answer the phone, that will make our marketing more effective, and we'll get more leads in, and then our sales team will be able to have more appointments to go on to sell stuff. That worked really well. We put the lead managers in place and the two sub-lead managers. That was awesome. She's been leading them. The salespeople, right? So then they got inundated. We had three salespeople at the beginning of the year. And again, we had this other hypothesis. We're like, if we have our salespeople are inundated, they're not able to effectively go to all the appointments we're giving them. We just thought, it was just the idea, right? We're making it up as we go along. Who else is doing this? That was our idea. So we said, okay, let's do it. Let's hire another salespeople. See if two salespeople can do more than one salesperson did. One salesperson gets X number of contract. Can we get X you know, plus a half, you know, half of that or 100% more. Like, whatever, we'll try this. My salesperson did not like that. So the salesperson that replaced me three, four, I don't even know years ago, that replaced me, came in, doing sales for us, did great, right? And we had no other, like, numbers to go off of than what she was doing. It was awesome. But we asked the question, can it be even more awesome? And she, she didn't like the fact that we were going to bring in somebody else. Like, it was a fight. It was a struggle. She was pretty ticked off about it, right? But we said, you know, the numbers are pointing to this, and this is what we're going to do. It was a hard conversation, hard decision made. We ultimately made that decision. We brought someone else in, and the numbers played out. It worked out well, right? We did that here in Utah. And when that worked out well, then we decided to do that in New Mexico. Then we decided to do that in Indiana because the numbers played out, right, in our own little experiment. So they did that. So that's what made 2016, answering the phone live and having our six people. So 
to what we did in 2016, that, that money, I'm hoping that the team members that we've got, that some of them you'll meet this weekend, that we've brought on, will help us do what we did in 2017. Because I told everybody on Tuesday, I'm like, look, in 2016, we had one person answering the phone and three sales reps. And now we've got three people answering the phone and six sales reps. And we've got a full-time dispositions guy. I'm like, we should be able to do this, right? So we're doing everything we can on the business side to shore this up. Yeah. So the other two salespeople are there. Do their incomes go up or down? Well, we, we add them. We staggered them throughout the year, so it's kind of yet to be seen. And honestly, as, and I'm sure this will happen too as we continue to look at the data, um, different sales are not all created equal. You're going to have some that are making more than other ones, right? Because it's like, but also that, that competition also breeds some success too, right? Because this guy's making money, this guy's not. This guy comes in with two contracts, he comes in with nothing. What's happening here? What are you doing, right? And over time, those numbers will play out that one guy's doing something that somebody else isn't doing. You might need to replace other salespeople, right? So, um, but we've kind of done this through the year. It's, we added one in June, and then we added another one like in August and September. So it's just been like, in the tail end of the year, we've added, we've added some more people. But as far as that income goes, I'll tell you next year how they did versus the six. I can tell you there's probably going to be $600,000 paid out in commissions. So if six sales reps, each one's going to get 100 grand, right? No. Each one's not going to get 100 grand, right? We'll see. Yeah. Yes. So when you replace someone that's not producing as well, wouldn't they replace themselves? Or you, like, only a certain amount of people, is more better than all 100% commission? And if they want to leave, does that make enough money than they do? Um, so they have to say, hey, I can just move on because I'm just going to be more productive. What's the reasoning for that if they're 100% commission? So if the salesperson, if I understand your question, the salesperson's 100% commission, why do I care if there's this guy or this guy, if there's 50 salespeople or there's two salespeople? Right. I mean, you think, well, the good salespeople, we want the guys that are the best that are going to go work the leads and stuff. We want to know it's serious, and they want to know they've got good leads coming in, right? So if I split them up too much, if I come to Utah and say, hey, we're going to have four sales reps, right? I'm going to get two appointments a week? No thanks, right? They want to see that they've got the possibility to flourish in this environment. So. Yes, yes. And we also want to encourage them to work other leads, but... They, if they don't have a lot of time, then they don't do that. They, they tend to gravitate towards the stuff that we feed them and work on all that stuff, right? But we also want to encourage them. We want to, we, I want to win. I'm getting off my PowerPoints here, but I want to win by having everybody else that works with me win. So if I can incentivize somebody underneath, un, I don't know if this sounds like it's a bad connotation, right? But anybody then down the line, they, I want them to make as much money as possible. I want my salespeople to make as much money as possible. Because the more money they make, everybody up the line makes money from that too, right? So I want to make sure that everybody's happy and flourishing. And I want to make sure I give them the tools down the line to say, here's what we need to do to win. That's why when I had this rah-rah speech with them on Tuesday, I was like, serious. Think like an underdog. Control what you control. If you do these things, you'll get this. And when you do that, you're going to make a ton of money. You'll make more. It'll be good for your family. It'll be good for everybody else. And also, it's, you know, we're going to have a party at the end of the year, and it's going to be awesome. I still don't know how we're going to give away $40,000. Seriously. It's like, it's, it's going to be crazy. And right, we'll get back to this, right? So, oh, ah. Know what's working. Testing and tracking to replicate it. So I'll show that spreadsheet here in a second. So we'll have time for that. Where are you getting your cheapest deals from? So pay special attention to that stuff, right? Cheapest deals. Because you can say cost per lead and leads per contract. When you have your leads per contract, you say, if a seven leads equals one contract, then that contract's costing me X, right? And you have another one that's like, hey, these leads cost 50 bucks to get, and these leads cost $300 to get. Which one do you want? Well, it depends, right? $50 to get this lead, and it's like 40 of those leads equals a contract. $300 get this lead, and seven equals a contract. How many do you want? Give me as many of these as possible, please, right? So where are you getting your cheapest deals from? And I hope you guys see, 
The fact that I've got this data means we are tracking this data, means that we can actually replicate the stuff we're doing in the future. So you guys, if you're not tracking stuff, putting a system in place to track it, even if it's just on pieces of paper, whatever it is, like tracking it will mean something to you because your data and your market is the most important to you. I'm gonna share my stuff with you, but it's not gonna translate exactly into your, into your market, into your team, right? But it will help, okay? But you're gonna, once you have your data, that data is, man, that is sacred data to you guys. That's data you spent a ton of money to get, okay? Um, so where are you getting your cheapest deals? Which channels are the most scalable? Because that's another thing too. When we show you this spreadsheet, just notice, if you got one channel that you did 50 deals in, and then you got one channel that you did two deals in, but this one just looks phenomenal. The cost per deal is 500 bucks, right? But it's not scalable. If you think to yourself, oh, I'm just gonna do more of these $500 deals, but they're not there, right? When I talked about this target here, the center of the target, you wanna hit the center of the target. Cheap deals that are lay down deals that you're making a lot of money on. Unfortunately, those channels, they're pretty small. You wanna maximize those channels, and as you move out on the ring, you're gonna get diminishing returns out here. But make sure you hit these ones first, but if you wanna scale your business, you're going to have to go, unfortunately, and start spending some money with stuff. I was talking to somebody the other day that had this awesome SEO site. And they've invested in SEO for a couple of years, so they're getting this. They're ranked really well on a ton of keywords, and they're getting free deals, basically. They're like, oh, I don't know why you spend money on direct mail. I'm just making a bunch of money on my... I get free leads coming in on the internet, right? Well, that's something they invested in three years ago that's paying dividends for them now. But can they scale that even more, right? They can't control that. They're going to get what they're going to get from that channel, from that SEO channel. It's great that they've got it, but they can't... They can't rent more by mailing more or just spending more. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on PPC within a certain market? I know if you expand in multiple markets, does PPC have that same cap that an SEO would? PPC will have the cap, and it's going to be dependent on your population mostly, I think. Because people ask us, like, oh, I want to do PPC because you did X number of deals in PPC. Well, if you've got a town of 100,000 people, like, I can tell you generally how many clicks you're going to get there, how many deals you can expect, but you're not going to get a ton of deals from that just because of the population size. So... But, I mean, if you, if you could say, hey, I'm going to do PPC amongst a market of 5 million people, I mean, yeah, you can kind of say what that's going to be. Now, what that, what that, that lead is going to cost you is going to vary depending on the competitive nature of that market. But, yeah, it's definitely scalable depending on – and the same with direct mail, too. If you've got a town of 100,000 people, and if you've got, you know, 5 million people you're mailing to, you're going to have a larger data set, and you're going to be able to scale more across 5 million people. But that's the beauty of this business, too, guys. If you live in a small town, why can't you expand out into other towns? If you find the stuff, if you hit your cheapest leads and your cheapest deals and you start doing that and you saturate that and you own that town of 200,000 people, why not look at the next ring? Why not look at the next ring? And for us, we looked at Utah, and I can, I'll show you as we go through this presentation like what my thought process was as I went through this process and replicated myself. I was in Utah, and as soon as I fired myself from doing sales and geography didn't really matter, and now we can go somewhere else. And where else? Why New Mexico? Why Indiana? You know, throw a dart at the board. It doesn't really matter. You really can do this anywhere as long as you have sound business practices and do these things we're talking about, right? It's the same steps for all of us no matter what market you're in. Things will cost more or less, but you've got your personnel doing these exact same things, okay? So which channels are the most scalable? There is a difference. And then how fast are you looking to grow your leads in business? Um, you can spend a little bit of money. Like this guy doing the SEO. That's great. He got like 30 deals last year from doing networking and SEO and all that stuff. That's awesome. And his marketing budget was like nothing. So he can say, it's cost my cost, but deal's 300 bucks. You can brag about that. Yeah, but you're not going to do 200 deals that way, right? Not everybody wants to, but like, you can't scale it. If he wants to go from 30 deals to 60 deals, he's tapped out his free and cheap and center of his target. So now at this point, he's got to spend money to get those next ones, right? So just think to yourself how fast you want to do it. Not everybody wants to take over the world and just be you know, marketing all over. We got a, we got a pay-per-click client that's in, that's in Florida, and that guy is just a beast. Like, he keeps just absorbing markets and just growing like a beast. And he just wants to take over the world, and that's fine. But not everyone wants to do that. Not everyone wants to do that. So I recognize it. So marketing. Everybody's doing marketing. Lead intake. 
Um, business 101, right? <laughs> answer the phone effectively. This is all your lead intake is, is wanting to do, in my mind, is answer the phone efficiently and build rapport there. Just don't turn them off. First, when they call you, answer the phone so you can actually get that lead, because we actually said in San Diego, if you don't answer the phone, you're not gonna get the lead. They're gonna call somebody else, and if they answer the phone, they might just like ignore you altogether, right? So you miss that. So, and then what do you do when you answer the phone? Build rapport, be friendly, smile at them. You know, the, the director of first responses, whatever you wanna call it. We stagger the mail and we try to make it hit when we want it to hit, and it's like, you know, it's anybody's opinion. Jason, who's going to come in here this afternoon, my marketing manager, COO, you ask him, hey, when do you strategically want to mail? And he'll say, oh, we mail on this day, so it hits on this day. Some people want to hit Monday. Some people want to hit it on Friday. And he'll give his opinion on that. But he does have something like that. Like, he knows when he wants to mail, so he thinks it hits the mailbox here. And then he staggers that mailer out. But I think it's probably hitting in chunks of 5,000. Because when we do our big list, it's 120,000 names. So... 120,000 names, so it's like a 5,000, and then two days later, 5,000, and 5,000, 5,000, so that we can get it across. And that's every month, right? We want to hit those people every month. So yeah, to be efficient and to make sure that we help our team the most possible, to help them do this, we need to make sure that we're not doing something stupid on top of them, right? Like we can't mail 120,000 hit in the mailbox today. Right. So yeah, we try to, from a business standpoint, we try to stagger that out, and we try to make sure that too, if the mailer we're sending is very agitating, we want to make sure it's, like, it's staggered even more, and we give them the biggest chance for success. Pat Life does a pretty good job of backing up that stuff because they've got a they've got a a, a, a call center of people. Are do it. They just don't do. I don't still think they're efficient and they don't build a rapport. So I'd rather have my team answer it. And that's one of the key things for a, my lead managers. One of their key points to winning is I want them to beat Pat Live. So if they don't answer the phone, if they're on the phone, both of them are on the phone, it's going to roll to Pat Live. And we don't want Pat Live to get that phone call because they're just not going to do this stuff. They're not going to be as efficient, and they're not going to build rapport, and we might have a chance of losing that lead. They're better than nothing, but we're going to have a chance to lose that lead. So my sales team, my lead intake team, their key numbers are how many leads did they enter that week? So they want to know how many Podio leads they entered in that week, and how many were from them, and how were you from Pat Live? And we want them to beat Pat Live. We strongly encourage them to beat Pat Live. So if we got 80 leads that came in that week, and our team in-house took 65 of them, Pat Live took 15, we are just like... Woo! Standing ovation, right? Yes! You beat Pat Live. Just because we know how much more effective we are when our team is answering, answering the phone. But that's the key thing with lead intake. Any of you guys that are doing this, somebody has to be doing this. And if you're not doing this, somebody should be doing this, right? And it might be you. And if it is you, by the way, it shouldn't be because making market... So this, answering the phone, makes your marketing money more effective. It's, it boggles my mind that somebody's willing to spend $10,000 on mailers but they're like, I don't want to hire somebody for 12 bucks an hour to answer the phone because I just like, I don't want that like fixed expense or whatever. And I'm like, you're going to, you put that $15 an hour or $12 an hour into your marketing stuff and it's going to drive your cost per leads down. Hopefully this makes sense to everybody. Why? Why would you spend the money on a mailer and have it go to a voicemail? I mean, certain ones we do to a voicemail just because of the nature of what we're sending. But uh, meaning it's, uh, I, I better qualify that so everybody doesn't think we're sending like some crazy stuff but stuff that's just like very agitating mailer it's going to get a lot of response like one of those 15 percent response rates things if we get that we use a voicemail as a first filter just because our team can't handle that when you get 1300 calls that week they can't handle that right so we send it to a voicemail which is a first filter and that voicemail explains hey if you're looking to sell your house here's what we do blah blah it's like that explain to people the people are going to hang up they'll leave a message or whatever right but we we try to like call some of those people back and, and definitely the voicemail stuff you get the voicemail again, right? But most of the time, we want to we want to answer stuff like because again, it makes that money more effective. If somebody is looking on Google for somebody to buy their house fast, and there's a phone number there, and they click on it, and it goes to voicemail. They're gonna just go to the next one and click on the next one, right? Hope that makes sense to all of you. The twelve to fifteen dollars an hour that should probably be one of the first people if you're trying to grow your business as worth your time and money to have somebody do that, right? Not to mention the fact that 
you guys don't like answering the phone like that, do you? Right? Like if I had marketing going on right now and I had to answer the phone right now, like that was one of the first things I didn't like. So it makes your marketing money more effective. And then people like obsess about this stuff, like, oh, she's Zoho, High Rise, Infusion Software, or you know, REI Mobile or Podio, what should I use? Don't get stuck with analysis paralysis. I use an Excel spreadsheet when I first get started. It doesn't really matter what you use. You can put it on a yellow pad if you want to. Sure, you can get more ninja and more effective and talk about the podios and stuff and investor fees. That's great. But just use something to keep it organized. Use anything in the beginning. You don't have to start with the latest, greatest Cadillac if you're not driving a bunch of leads right now. But necessity is the mother of invention. So I like the person that's going to like send a bunch of stuff out, get a bunch of leads. If a person's entering in, they're doing an Excel spreadsheet, and they're like, this isn't working anymore. Let's jump on a podio system or something like that. Right? So, but a lot of times people want to say, well, let's set up the whole system, and you've got nothing going on in this system. Right? Don't set up the LLC before you're going to buy a house. Right? Like, that's always been my mentality. Like, don't get the cart before the horse. Don't take legal advice from me. Disclaimer, all that stuff. Right? <laughs> set up your own LLCs. Is that good stuff or what? Um, Andy's just an incredible person, incredible investor. Uh, you guys can probably see why I like to hang out with him, why I asked him to be uh, a coaching partner with me. Um, just an all-around amazing person, and he makes me a, not only a better investor, but but a better individual. So some of the highlights, some of the things that kind of stuck out to me is um, something, some, some of the quotes, some of the things he said. Right, done is the new perfect. Change will happen. We get what we focus on. Gratitude, gratitude for everything. Gratitude for our problems. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Uh, think like an underdog and fight to control what we can control. Ideas are cheap. Execution is everything. And hopefully his brother-in-law doesn't listen to that part. <laughs> actually, actually, it might be good. Maybe Just take action, right? Take action. Okay, so at the beginning I mentioned that I was going to have a special announcement for you guys. So here it goes. So in speaking of incredible people that I feel incredibly blessed to be surrounded with and get to spend time with, um, you know, I talked about the six figure flipping program and how, you know, you guys know about Mike and Mike, right? Like last year in 2015, they're doing about two deals a month. And after joining the seven figure flipping program last year, they ended up doing, you know, towards the end, towards the end of last year, they were doing close to 20 deals a month, completely transformed their business. I uh, created systems, created processes, created a seven-figure business. And then this year, the goal is to to three times what they did last year. So these guys are just machines, like implement more than anyone I've ever seen faster. Their whole goal was to take what Andy did in three years and compact that into a year. And they were successful I mean, because they were able to not, not the, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, oh, they're better than Andy, right? <laughs> but it's because they were able to take what Andy did, what he learned from the hindsight, he was able to give them everything and they were able to blow up their business. So what I have asked them to do, um, you know, they recently helped me with the six figure flipping program and they've been helping me more and more uh, with, with educating my students and the house flipping and HQ community. And, you know, we were just talking the, the other day. And as you guys know, like I get really like emphatic about like, why is it that some people succeed while others fell, like even though it seems like the, this one person's doing all the right things, working just as hard, if not harder, and doing all like, but why is like, what's the difference? Like, why is it that I, I know, I know what one man can do, another one can do, but why? Like, why is it? I get it if someone's lazy and doesn't do anything or doesn't take action, but other than that, why is why is it that some people like Mike and Mike are just killing it? And they were sharing something. I'm like, okay, what's like if you could narrow it down to like one thing? Like, what's that one thing? You know? And they and they they rattled off like a couple things. I was like. That's that's pretty cool, and 
um, this one thing specific, I was like, hey, would you guys be willing to share that with everyone? And they were kind of like, uh, you know, kind of like with, with Andy. He was like, is anyone here from Utah, right? Um, and they were a little bit, they, they kind of hesitated. But I was like, hey, like, I this is what I brought you guys on for, right? And and I'm I'm paying them now, right? So they need to, uh, they got to like be able to give a, like a little more of those those little things. So anyway, they, they agreed to do that. And we decided to do a webinar where we're going to focus on this one thing, but also like a few other things that um, what, what they feel like were their top keys, right? There's all the things you can do, but what were their very top keys? What are their, uh, their, their, their secrets, their, their keys to success that help them go from doing, you know, two to maybe three deals a month in 2015 to making over a hundred thousand dollars a month last year and having a goal of, of this year hitting $3 million and multiple six figures each and every single month, right? Like when they're able to do less because they have these systems and now they're able to help me do some coaching because they've created this. Anyway, it's super awesome. So anyway, if you guys are interested in um, being on that webinar, it's, you know, it's something that it's absolutely free. I just want to do for you guys because I really appreciate you and I want to keep giving as much as I can this year. My goal in 2017 it's all about contribution. How um, I feel like I've been given so much, and for me, it's a huge blessing to be able to do this podcast and to have you guys listening and take your time. So it's just another one of one of the ways that we want to give back and show our appreciation. So uh, to sign up for that, uh, we may only do it once. I, I'm not sure, but as of right now, uh, probably only do it once. So do everything you can to be there. But go to housekeepinghq.com/slash. Uh, let's do let's do dominate. To housekeepinghq.com slash dominate because that is what um, you guys are going to do in 2017 if you apply these things. So go to housekeepinghq.com slash dominate. I cannot wait to see you guys at the webinar. It'll be this next, uh, when is it going to be? Thursday. It's going to be Thursday, January 26th at 5 o'clock Pacific time. 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern. Thought I'd, I thought it'd be nice to those of you who are on the East Coast this time, especially because Mike and Mike are on there. We don't want them to uh, to be getting tired. So go to housemanghq.com slash dominate, and we cannot wait to see you on Thursday, and it's going to be awesome. Then we'll answer any questions you guys have and all that fun stuff. I'm actually going to Thailand uh, the very next – oh, actually, I'm going like that night. I've got a red eye that night, um, so I'm going to do the webinar then I'm going to pack, and then I'm going to hop in a car, uh, head to the airport, and, and fly to Hong Kong, and then to Thailand. My wife thinks I'm crazy, because I do stuff like this, but I'm like, Dude, this is what I love. And plus, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited to go on my trip, but I, I want to make sure I give as much value to you guys as I can before I go. So, should be good times. Go to HouseOfPinkHQ.com slash dominate, and we will see you guys Thursday. It's going to be good. All right, guys. Well, other than that, have an incredible week. Get out there and dominate. Dominate. 2017 is yours. Hopefully, January has been good to you so far. If not, make it happen. Change it around. Make things happen now. Get out there. Take action. Ideas are great. Listening to the podcast, listening to all this stuff is good. But like Andy said, it's all about the execution. So get out there and put that execution into play and, and make things happen in your life. And remember, next time you are having a brutal day, Turn it into a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. Hey, 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 hey. See you next week.
This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.